Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio, and how the tech are ya? It's time for a Tech Stuff Tidbits. We're going to answer the question, what was the first MP3? Well, here's the too long, didn't listen answer. It was Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. It's a song I personally do not like. That's not to say it's a bad song. I, just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's bad. I just mean I personally do not find this song at all appealing. But it was, in fact, the first MP3. Now, if you don't know Tom's Diner... It features Vega giving a little slice of life moment from the perspective of a man sitting in a diner who feels kind of distanced from the world around him. Uh, in case you need a reminder, here's the first verse of the song. I am sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee. And he fills it only halfway, and before I even argue, he is looking out the window at somebody coming in. Now, that song doesn't work for me. 
I get that it got really popular, especially after someone did an unauthorized remix of it, which is the version most people know. But it turned out to be an absolute perfect song to test the MP3 compression algorithm. To understand why, we need to learn about the purpose of the MP3 compression algorithm in the first place. So in this case, the compression we're talking about is relating to file size. There's an interesting side note. There's a different kind of audio compression. This refers to the reduction of dynamic range in a recording. And by that, I mean reducing the, the volume distance between the loudest and the softest parts of a recording. That can actually take a part in file compression as well, but that's, we're going to set it aside. <laughs> Just put a pin in that, take a look at it later on. But with file compression, generally, the whole goal is to find ways to pack information into smaller file sizes. That makes those files easier to manage. That's important if you are dealing with a limited amount of storage, or maybe you want to send the file from one machine to another and you've got limited bandwidth, so you need smaller file sizes or else the process is going to take way too long. But how do you do it? Well, one approach to file compression is to take a real good look at the file you're trying to compress and you ask the question, is all the information that is inside this file necessary or could I get rid of some of that information and still have a usable file on the other side of it? With music, that means figuring out which bits of data you can drop without it having a noticeable effect on the audio quality. Ideally, the compressed file would be indistinguishable from the original raw audio, but since you're tossing out information, that's not necessarily a guarantee. This is what makes the MP3 a lossy file format. MP3 is just one example of a lossy file format. There are others. And the word lossy means just exactly what you think it means, that some information is tossed aside or lost in the process of compressing the file to a smaller size. The folks who worked on the MP3 format had to figure out which information was most likely to have little to no impact on audio quality within an audio file. To do that, they had to take into account human psychology and the limitations of human hearing. So psychoacoustics played a big part in determining the MP3 compression algorithm. So for example, by that I mean, let's think of the range of human hearing in terms of frequencies for a second. So your typical human is able to hear frequencies as low as 20 hertz and as high as 20,000 hertz or 20 kilohertz. Hertz in this case references a, an oscillation per second or a vibration per second. So 20 hertz means that something is effectively vibrating 20 times per second. So if you had a, a string that when you plucked it would vibrate 20 times per second, that string is vibrating at 20 hertz. That would be a very, very low note. The higher the frequency, the higher the pitch. And as we age, we tend to lose the ability to hear some of those higher pitches, which is why you would hear about some convenience stores experimenting with playing very high-pitched noises to discourage young punks who wanted to loiter in the joint. So human hearing has limitations. And in theory, 
you can eliminate sounds that would fall outside of those limitations. If a sound file contains frequencies that are at 21 kilohertz, but your typical person can't hear anything above 20 kilohertz, well, at least theoretically, you can just toss that information and it won't change anything. If a sound file contains a sound, but no one has the capacity to hear it, does a tree fall in the forest? Might be getting a little lost in the woods here. Anyway, that frequency example, that's just one example of a sound that humans would have trouble hearing. So another is when we hear a very soft sound that immediately follows a very loud sound, we don't actually perceive the soft one. The loud sound we hear eclipses the soft sound, and it turns out we can't hear the soft one at all. So again, if we can't hear that soft sound that played immediately after a loud one, why would you keep it? You know, you might as well just get rid of that information. You can't hear it anyway. Just get rid of it. Save the space. This psychoacoustic approach to sound would lead the developers of the MP3 format to create a strategy regarding what information to keep and what information to ditch. On top of that, the algorithm had sort of a sliding scale. So maybe you want to keep as much information as possible. So you select that when you create the MP3. So you're losing less information in the process. You're still compressing the file, but not to the extent that you could if you chose. Maybe the most important thing to you is that you reduce the file size as much as you can. So you crank the compression up. Now, obviously, the harder you go, the more likely you're going to lose information that will make a noticeable difference in the playback of the audio file. And you'll, you would say, oh, the quality here is not as good as I thought it would be. This is where Tom's diner comes in. Carl Heinz Brandenburg, who was one of the leads on creating the MP3 format, used Tom's diner to listen back to compressed files and determine how the compression was affecting the audio quality. So it was a great track to use because the actual qualities of the, the recording itself were such that it was easy to detect if something was not quite right. Uh, the original recording of Tom's Diner is not the one that has the, the catchy beat and the horns in it. It's a very simple acapella recording of Suzanne Vega singing her tale of looking at the world from a male perspective through a sense of distance and detachment. Brandenburg would use that track while tweaking the algorithm, trying to create the thin line between an effective data compression technique and a minimal impact on sound quality. And for her contributions to the effort, although she made them unknowingly, Brandenburg would name Suzanne Vega the mother of the MP3. Interestingly, Ryan McGuire decided to take a sort of negative image of the compressed Tom's Diner. He identified sounds that were deleted in the process of creating a lossy version of Tom's Diner, and then he created a new recording that contained only the bits that had been cut from the file. And it's almost like listening to the ghost of a song. In fact, I think they called the project the ghost of the MP3. It's pretty creepy stuff. It would not be out of place in a horror movie. The fact that lossy files by definition lose information in the process of data compression meant that audio files dismiss the MP3 format is inherently inferior to others at least as far as listening experiences go. And there are arguments that some of the lost information, while potentially being imperceptible within the song itself, help shape 
the overall sound and tone of the piece. So though you can't directly hear the stuff that's being cut, that stuff actually influences how you perceive other things. So you still change the experience of hearing the finished audio. But the MP3 format created the opportunity to store and transfer audio files without having to deal with massive raw audio formats. And back in the day, that was not a trivial thing. And so that is the answer to the question, Tom's Diner, the first MP3. Hope you're all well, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.